This is such a great song. It's just too bad it takes like 90 seconds for it to kick in. Keep it down. Keep it keep it in the background because when the song gets good, I want to put it back because it's such a great tune. I mean, I agree. Listen, man. Anybody who's anybody who loves Fleetwood Mac loves The Chain. The Chain's is that song. It's just a cool tune. Plus, I think there's that great scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Remember the scene when um, Star-Lord's getting ready to see his dad and they're going to fight? It's amazing. Crank it up, Adrian. All right, that's good stuff. Appreciate that. Thanks, Adrian. Poor Adrian. He's having a he's having to handle songs, phone calls, all at the same time, multitasking. What a pain in the neck that is. Really, I mean, you know. But this is the jam. This is the time. Did to you do at it. least make it loud enough where people could enjoy it when it was cranking in the good part, or were you so yes. distracted on the phones you didn't get it up no, loud I enough? No, I cranked it up. I cranked all right, it up. All right, thanks, thanks, thanks. Appreciate that. It's a great song. Good song. I'm with you. Love the chain. All right. Anyway. We've got a lot to talk about here over the next three hours. Let's give you the guests in order. Mario McKinney Jr. is going to Zoom with us coming up less than 20 minutes from now, one of the newest miners. Former New Mexico State Aggie, by the way, looking forward to Rio coming on with us. So Rio, Mario McKinney Jr. will be joining us here uh, in just a little bit. Oh, he can Zoom. All right, we'll get him on the yeah, phone. Yeah, just a last-minute thing, Steve. He just he, he texted into the show that he's unable able to Okay, uh, we'll get him on, on the phone. Zoom, but yes, that's he'll fine. join us. Phone interview is just as good. I'm happy with phone interview. That works. So that's the 4 o'clock hour. 5 o'clock hour. This is amazing. Like, this just happened. We weren't even planning this for today. We had an open 5 o'clock hour. And uh, Charlie Clark from Charlie Clark Nissan is going to join us. Because he, again, I'm not making this up. He is going to star in a movie that is coming out next Friday. All right? The movie, for those of you wondering, because I'm sure uh, you're probably thinking it's a put-on, but no, it's not a put-on, I promise you. It's called... Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone. So, it's going to be out next week. But I'm confused about one thing, Adrian. Because, apparently, under the movie, it says 2018 film. But I think it comes out next week. So, Charlie Clark is starring in the film, which also features Danny Trejo. The trailer is there. It's available. It's up to watch on YouTube. Now, the release date I see is uh, April 29th. It also is being directed by Edward James Olmos' son, Michael. And there's a lot of interesting people in this movie. So you better believe. And by the way, watching the trailer, like, this movie looks legit. It really does, like special effects and everything, CGI, all the stuff you would expect in a film is on this one. 
I am a big fan of this trailer. Uh, first off, you give me a movie with Danny Trejo and a machete, and I'm already in. So, like, uh, they yeah. already hooked me in from that. And then you, you're telling me Charlie Clark, like, from all the commercials we always see and hear on this radio station, is actually starring in this film. Yeah, I'm, I'm about this one. Uh, I loved the, the oh. trailer. I thought it was very entertaining. So Charlie's in town. And we received a call this morning, like, you want to have him on the show today? I said, well, why? He goes, well, he's got a movie coming out. And when I was, when, as soon as I watched the trailer, I, mean, I couldn't even say yes fast enough. So Charlie Clark is going to drop by the Lubingo Studios at 5 o'clock to talk about Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone, which involves Lucha Libre, Superpowers, Trejo, I mean... What can I tell you? It sounds crazy. And apparently, Clark's role is to try and save humanity. This is so cool. I, I thought that the, like, don't knock until you watch the trailer. Because when you watch this trailer, it just, it kind of gives you the reason why this is uh, highly anticipated, at least here in the Lubingo Studios. 4.9 out of 10 stars on IMDb. Even ah. more reason to go watch it. Yes, I'm with you on that, Steve. Big you time. Know, I, I think this might need to go on the movie review list. It might have to. We might have to do a movie review on this uh, next week. That very well could be the case. So Charlie's going to drop by the show. I never met Charlie Clark before. See him on the commercials all the time, but you know what? We'll look forward to, uh, you know, to, I want to find out about what this movie's about and what happened here, how this thing even got made. Aren't you interested in that? Yes, because the CGI in it, the animations, the special effects in the trailer. Yes. It's like, man, this is like a, a high-ticket kind of a movie that they put together and produced. I'm with you, man. I am with you. All right. So that's what's coming up uh, here on the show today. Anyway. Six o'clock hour, Jock Doc's going to be with us. He's dropping by our Lubingo Studios as well. So we'll have uh, Dr. Sedio Alvarado at six to talk about concussions. No, I'm sorry, not concussions. He's going to talk about steroids. Even more fun. Even more fun with uh, the jock doc, Sergio Alvarado, Desert Institute of Sports Medicine, went out there today and, and found that they decorated every room with El Paso stadiums like a, a huge print. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to this. We had a conversation with them a couple weeks ago via Zoom uh, about PRP injections and how uh, those can be beneficial. Well, now let's, uh, let's open up the can of worms on steroids. Oh, man, it's going to be awesome. So that's all coming. Then we got hags with story time. We're going to fly through three hours today. Fly through three hours. It's going to be awesome. And we've got War Eagle to start the show on the phones? That's right. Fantastic. Let me go to War Eagle. He is going to uh, join us to begin the program today. Nine past uh, on what's going to be a busy Friday edition of the show. War Eagle, what's going on, man? How are you? Happy. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing fine. Thanks, War Eagle. Appreciate the call. Okay. No problem. Okay. So... Despite all the other craziness that's going on in the world, yep, I I managed to uh, get lucky. I think I put the Mets on my stream, and they're just doing phenomenally. So I know it's going to be hard for you to do, but I want you to spend maybe two or three minutes describing and, and how the Mets can possibly win the World Series. Oh my God! Well, let's just put it this way. I mean, now are you? How long have you been a Mets fan? Three weeks. Okay, I've been a Mets fan, War Eagle, for 40-plus years, all right? Okay. So uh, let's put it this way. They are 10-4. and four. They're off to a great start this season. In fact, as it stands today, 
They are the only team in baseball with 10 wins. The Mets have the best record in baseball right now at 10-4. How do the Mets win the World Series? Well, here's how. Number one, they got to keep hitting like they've been doing. Number two, they need Jake DeGrom back, okay? DeGrom is hurt. And, you know, they've had great pitching so far. Scherzer's been amazing. So McGill's been good. Carrasco's been good. Bassett's been good. But you need Jake DeGrom. Jake DeGrom is, if you're going to win the World Series, you need a healthy Jake DeGrom. So that is the best way to describe it right now. So that's the first thing you need. Um, Lindor has been amazing, too. He's been terrific out of the gates, hitting the ball like crazy. I mean, the offense just needs to keep going. And it's a, it's a good division. I like the Braves. I think the Phillies will come back. Uh, they're they're going to be tougher than they are right now. So it's not an easy out. But, you know, if, if things break the right way and the Mets can get healthy at the right time, then you know what? They have, they'll have a shot like everybody else. Well, they should at least make the playoffs, right? I would hope so. But okay. you, but you have to understand something. You've been a Met fan for three weeks, all right. Yes. So you're not yes, used to. You're not you used to. to the right person, War Eagle, you're not used to failure. I am. I am oh, used to failure. Oh yeah. Well, the Jets will come back sooner or later. No, they won't. They're done. But but that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay, War Eagle. You got to realize. Um, okay, I was 13 when they won the series in '86. Uh, 69 yeah. was before my time. Um. I was born in 73 when they lost to the Oakland A's. And um, they they lost to the Yankees. I think it was like 2000, the Subway well, Series. It was the year 2000. Yeah, well, we will see what happens. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping you're right, well, man. We're both going to get the Mets over there. We're going to get them in the playoffs, and we're going to get excited. Anyway, uh, I encourage everybody to follow my Twitter feed. I'm at War Eagle one and I wanted you to go ahead and give me the name of that movie again. I'll go ahead and play the trailer on the screen. Oh, there you go. Uh, name of the movie is Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone, War Eagle. Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone. Okay, you know what? As soon as I get off the phone, I'm going to look for that and play the trailer. Go check it out, man. Thanks for the phone call. Enjoy the Mets season. Three weeks into your Met fandom. That's awesome. Love it, War Eagle. Take care of yourself. Thanks for the call. Good job by War Eagle getting it going. Can you imagine he's been a fan for three weeks? Uh, what, what a great time to jump on the bandwagon. They're ten and four. I'd be a fan too if I was a, if best record in the game. New York Met baseball. It's perfect. Look at what they did to the Giants, man. Oh, They're they destroyed. Very them. impressive in that series, and uh, loved Carrasco in that series. What he was doing, and uh, yeah, Lindor is just uh, he's the man. I love it. War Eagles pumping up his own Twitter account. That's nice. War, War Good Eagle, shout out. number one. Nice job, man. Way to get it moving. Way to get it moving. Hopefully, the Mets don't pull a Minnesota Timberwolves later on. And choke uh, a huge lead away, not once, but twice, like they did last night. Everybody's talking about this, Adrian. They're saying that this is one of the worst playoff collapses in one game ever in the history of sports. It was so bad. Yeah, I'm very disappointed. I'm not really disappointed in uh, Anthony Edwards, but where has D'Angelo Russell been? He hasn't been in this entire series. Did somebody forget to tell him that this series has started because he's been completely absent all three games? Carl Anthony Towns, another bad game. I, I mean, just, you know... It, bad, it, especially I, in the fourth quarter. Steve, I'm, I'm really getting this, uh, this theory that uh, Minnesota, they're looking at his contract. He's a free agent next 
next year. Maybe it's time to explore some uh, trade scenarios with him because Anthony Edwards is a special talent. You want to surround him by the best talent available, and if it's Carl Anthony Towns taking away your your opportunities, I don't want that if I'm a Minnesota fan uh, looking at my franchise. Is Chris Finch's job in jeopardy if no. they collapse and lose this series? No, Chris Finch is a good coach. It's not his fault on this one. I blame guys like Patrick Beverly, another yeah. guy who who just, you know, he kept trying to jack up threes left and right for the Minnesota and nothing fell, and he was being very selfish with the ball. I mean, just, come on, protect the lead and I'm and, with you. and don't let them come back uh, down that much. Uh, meanwhile, we got a message in on uh, our app, our mobile app, uh, powered by United Bank, Pinky and Santa Teresa. Did War Eagles say he has been a Mets fan for three weeks? Yes, Pinky. Three weeks. And, and you want to know something? I'm going to tell you this. I appreciate War Eagles honesty. I do. I love it when anybody calls into the show and tells me they've been a fan of a team for three weeks. Can they win the World Series? That That is honesty. That is refreshing. You know, that's what I want. I want bandwagon fans like War Eagle to come on board and stay on board when the team finds a way to blow it later in the year. I want to jump on the bandwagon for the Dallas Mavericks, so that'll be my team that I jump on. I'm a Mavericks fan as of last night because I thought they were going to lose against the Jazz. They rallied back. Jalen Brunson looked amazing. If you would have told me, Steve, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie would be handling the Utah Jazz without Luka Dantich, I would have told you you're crazy, but that's exactly what's happening right now. 100%. 100% right. Anyway, good start to the show. Appreciate it. As we get uh, going here, quarter past on a Friday edition of uh, Sports Talk. Let's get right now out to Charlie One with traffic. Then Mario McKinney Jr. will join us live on the hotline. As Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Little grand funk for you right now here at 20 past the hour. You can tweet the show 600 ESPN El Paso, just like Alexa D tweeted the program. Alexa says, Mr. Cap, actually, the Dodgers have the best record in baseball with the winning percentage at 750, while the Mets are at 714. Ha, you're welcome. LOL. Well, Alexa, you're right. I had to check it after the, uh, after the correction, but you're right. Uh, Mets have the most wins, 10 and 4. Dodgers have the best record percentage-wise at 750. By the way, Alexa, there's room for you on the Met bandwagon. We've got room for you right now. So I know you're a Dodger diehard and all that, but just jump on board the Met train while you have a chance. And as War Eagle pointed out in the first segment of the show, hey, he's been a fan for three weeks. You can be a fan for three hours, and we'll take you. No discrimination for the Met Nation as we keep moving here on a Friday edition of the program. All right. 915-505-6009 is the telephone number. That's uh, 505-6009 as we continue here on Sports Talk. You can tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso. We are expecting Mario McKinney Jr. to call in uh, momentarily. And as soon as he does, we will bring him right on board. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yesterday we had on Jamal Sumlin. Today we're getting uh, we're getting Rio, uh, Mario McKinney, Jr., a guy that's been a lot of places so far. Adrian, you look at it, um, out of high school, superstar, Vashon High, top player in Missouri by ESPN and two four seven four star recruit, nineteenth nationally at the point guard spot. 
125 overall. And goes to Missouri, uh, plays in four games, but, you know, really uh, takes the red shirt, 3.3 points for Missouri. Then he goes to John A. Logan College uh, in JUCO, averages 18 points, four and a half boards, four assists, 1.7 steals per game, shoots 46% from the field, leading score, just uh, was a monster at uh, John A. Logan, and then, you know, goes to NMSU, and it's truth is, numbers game. A lot of players at the guard spot. A lot of players. So, you know, now here is Mario McKinney. Uh, this will be, crazy enough, his fourth um, landing spot out of high school. Isn't that hard to believe? He's the, the man is a sophomore, and he's already had four spots out of high school. Yeah, that's uh, it's remarkable right there, and he's found his home here at UTEP, so I'm sure minor fans are excited that he's crossing over uh, in the rivalry series from being an Aggie now to a minor. Well, let's bring on the uh, pride of uh, John A. Logan, uh, actually Vashon High School uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, who's now one of the newest UTEP minors, Mario McKinney Jr. joins us live here on the uh, 600 ES Piano Paso Hotline. Rio, good to have you on, and uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to uh, you know uh, UTEP for all the minor fans, and a lot of people excited about having you here. Yes, sir. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, we're doing well. How are you doing? How is a man that has a hundred and fifteen thousand Instagram followers doing here on a Friday? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mario, how'd you get so many Instagram followers? What'd you do to get all those? Um, Coming out of high school, like I had started like a little, you know what I'm saying? I had started like a little um a little movement called Hoodie called Hoodie Fam. And you know, I had like like players like Ronnie James, like LeBron's son in there, you know, Mikey. You know, I had like them type of players, you know, joining that. So it's like they was helping me like, you know, I think get around worldwide and then like it's of course me playing basketball, you know what I'm saying, and having like building a name in high school like it just started building up my brand even wow. more you know with them and like who they are so it just started building up my brand even more so i had um my followers started going up i started getting a lot of people following me and then like after that a lot of people you know just been keeping up with me you know what i'm saying now is hoodie fam still going on you still have it yeah i still have it yes what again? Now, where? What exactly are you doing? You guys just uh, you guys just making hoodies for everybody? What do y'all? Or is it just a is it just a club with hoodies? What is it? Like it's like it's a hoodie like with hoodie fam on. It. Like I got pictures and like you know that type of stuff. But like majority is just like hoodies and things like that. All right. Have you always been a real hoodie guy ever since you were a kid? Yeah. I um I kind of um do do my pop. My pop trying to help you, you know what I'm saying? So I do. That's a big part. Good for you. By the way, um, yeah, you know, your dad, Mario McKinney Sr., I know that. And uh, uh, you grew up in, in St. Louis. So tell me, what what NBA teams do people in St. Louis root for since there there are no NBA teams in St. Louis? Um, they root for, I mean, they root for, like, whoever their favorite player is. <laughs> like, mm. me, I don't, have a, I don't have a favorite team, but, like, my favorite player is like LeBron, so like I I watch anywhere LeBron go. That makes sense. So you've been a fan of so you've been a fan of Cleveland. You've been a Heat fan. You went back to being the Heat again, the uh, Cleveland uh, Cavs, and now you're a Laker fan. Yeah, I've been everywhere LeBron went. 
There you go. I like that. I, I like that a lot. Um, yes. Now, as, as we mentioned, uh, we talked about this before we brought you on. Uh, you had an unbelievable prep career uh, at John A. Logan College, and you were the number one player in the state of Missouri. Um, and then since you uh, started school, what, in the 2019-2020 season, um, you've now – this will be your fourth stop. So uh, we're hoping that this is your final stop in college yes. because I'm I sure – Go ahead. Mario, you agree with me on that one? Is this your last stop? Yes. Yeah, no, this is definitely my last stop. All right. You gotta be man, you gotta be tired of all these different places you've been going to, right? It takes that takes a yeah, lot I'm out of you. I'm tired of move. I'm tired of moving. <laughs> I don't play. Well the good news is you only have to move thirty minutes from El Paso. Uh, by the way, all right, now we gotta get to the other we gotta get to the other important stuff. Before we dissect your game and talk about what you're gonna bring to the table and all that. Um all right, so first off you you already had a visit at UTEP, right? You've you've taken your visit, correct? Yeah, I've been to UTEP, yes, sir. All right, when you went to UTEP, did they take any pictures of you in UTEP jerseys? No, no like I haven't like really went on a visit, but like I've been like I've been to UTEP, but like I haven't really been down there on a visit. Okay, that so uh, yeah. I was I was confused. Like when you said you're going to be playing for the minors, and they're showing pictures of you in in NMSU gear, I'm like, yeah. did they just forget to send Mario his UTEP yeah. jersey pictures? I was I was wondering what was going on there. Now, it was basically like you know how UTEP and Aggies are basically rivals, so like they use that the pictures with the Aggies with the Aggie jerseys, and you no, know, you just just put the UTEP on there. You know what I'm saying, like. Yeah, it just he just tried to basically make it like, you know, what I'm saying still a rivalry. So I just feel he stayed with the um with the Aggie jersey and then just added like the little UTEP stuff, the little UTEP stuff over it. You know what's amazing, Mario? That is exactly, exactly the theory that Adrian said on the show yesterday. He believed, Adrian, this is amazing. Mario just confirmed <laughs> I can't that, believe this. that the conspiracy theory that you had is true. It is all about the rivalry for UTEP and New Mexico State. But how cool is this, Mario? The fact that you get to play, uh, you know, your, your former school in New Mexico State. This is UTEP's biggest rival right here. I feel like this is uh, some pretty historic stuff right here. Uh, I feel like it's. I feel like it's gonna be good. You know, what I'm saying playing against. I only have. It's only two teammates that's coming back from next year. It's gonna be fun playing against them. You know, what I'm saying going against them, and it's gonna be like the coaching staff. You know, what I'm saying? I always got. I'm always have love for here. You know, what I'm saying so. The it's just gonna. It's gonna be a fun game. You know, what I'm saying like I said, playing against some of my teammates from last year. You know, get to play against them, and then just go out there and just you know just showing I can really play. You know, what I'm saying without having to. You know what I'm saying? I have to look over my shoulder as much and have to do all that. Just go out there and play my game. Who's left on that NMSU roster from last season? Um, Mike Peak and um, Chi-Chi Avery. Got it. Got it. Okay. So for the most part, other than Peak and Avery, it's a whole new team, whole new mix, which will be good for you because that way a lot of those guys haven't seen you before. So, um, you know, and for you, I'm sure since uh, the hardest part about last season had to be that there were so many guards that were in that yeah. rotation. And it was probably hard just, just trying to get minutes considering how deep they were at guard. Yeah, I was like me personally, I was just like trying to do everything, you know, to stay on the court. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'll go out there, you know what I'm saying, and do everything that coach asked me to do if, if I want to play more minutes. You know what I'm saying? And, like, coming down the stretch, you know, playoff time, my minutes started going up way more, you know what I'm saying, because I started to get a, a bigger role because, you know, we had some guys that was, that was still playing that was injured, you know what I'm saying, they couldn't really do much. 
So, like, that was a big part for me, like, to have to step up. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, like, in a WAC championship game, like, Teddy Allen had fouled out and, and, and Jabari Rice had got hurt. So, I had to be able to step up in that next, in that next, you know, you know what I'm saying, that next role. I had to be able to step up and I helped my team, you know what I'm saying, help my team win a WAC championship. What was that like for you, knowing you won the title, you had a great regular season, and you got to go dancing into the tournament? Man, it was just a blessing because, like I said, like, I've been to four, this is about, this is about four different schools, you know what I'm saying? So it's just been a blessing. You know, God has been, you know what I'm saying, just keep giving me chances after chances, you know what I'm saying? Like, and me playing in front of, you know what I'm saying, thousands of people in a, in a tournament, like, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a feeling you can't explain, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like one of the best feelings ever, you know what I'm saying? Mario McKinney Jr. with us here on Sports Talk. By the way, do you like to go by Rio? Is that the name you want fans to call you? Yes, yeah, Rio. All right, we'll call you Rio. That's fine. Everybody call me. Yeah, everybody call me Rio. <laughs> All right. All right. Nice. We got Rio here. By the way, um, you were number four uh, last season at New Mexico State. Is that the number you prefer? What's your number of choice? Four. I'm worth four. This. I'm worth four. You said too. All right, that's good. Well, I like the fact that you you're wearing a number and you haven't even had a picture yet in a jersey. I think that's good. <laughs> Okay, so. I said I want I wanted I wanted to um I actually gonna go down there you know in a few but like I, right now I'm just you know what I'm saying I'm just finishing up school right now down here but like in the summer I'm gonna def- I'm gonna be down there the whole summer. Well, I, then we expect you to really um, if that's the case you got to drop by the radio show and just hang out with us for an hour. What do you say? No, nah, that's a, no, that's a that's 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 a bet. All right. Yep. Well, no, there's no bet. I mean, it's it's gonna happen, man. I mean, if it was a bet, then that means we have to make sure it happens. No, it's 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 done. It's done. All right, finished. Just like that. Yes, sir. Um. All right. Uh. Let me ask you this, Rio. Since we're still on the on the subject of uh, you know, of UTEP, when you decided, uh, following the coaching change, that you were looking to go someplace else, tell me about oh. how UTEP got in the discussion and ultimately became the place for you. Um, first off, like, you know what I'm saying? Coach was hitting me up every – he hit me up first thing first right after I got into the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying? We was – um, we've been talking – we was just talking ever since. And then, like, from there, like, he, he even came down, you know what I'm saying, and and talked to me in person. You know what I'm saying? To let, let me know, like, whatever he's saying is real. Like, he don't want to just – whatever he's saying to me over the phone, like, he wanted me to come – like, he wanted to talk to me in my face. You know what I'm saying? To let him know everything he's saying is real. And, like, he want me to, you know what I'm saying, trust and believe. You know what I'm saying? If I got his word, he's going to take care of me. And you know what I'm saying? He came down here and he talked to me. And, like, it's just, like, I was feeling them. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was feeling them. And then, like, of course, he said they was losing a couple of players. They needed a point guard. You know, I'd come in and make an impact right off, right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm, like, I'm, I'm that guy. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I can, I can be the one to help you to, you know, win that Conference USA Championship. Rio, you've been around a lot of coaches in your time. Um, yes, you know, sir. you just got through Chris Jans, and then you had coaches at uh, JUCO, Missouri, high school. When you had a chance to talk and actually get to go face-to-face with Joe Golding, the UTEP head coach, had you ever yes, really sir. seen anybody quite like him before in terms of the way he connects with individuals, especially with his players? No, he just a... He was just a stand-up dude. Like when everything he told me over the phone, like he came and told me that to like to my face. Like that's how I knew like it was real. Cause like you know any coach could tell you what what you want to hear. You know what I'm saying over the phone. But like a lot of a coach that really wants you, he gonna pull up. 
and come see you and talk to you in your face, you know, man to man, face to face. You know what I'm saying? That's what like and his his personality is just like is one like one of the best personalities. You know what I'm saying? He he himself. You know what I'm saying? I was able to be myself and you know talk how I talk. You know what I'm saying? Because he's just he's a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a it's gonna be a long fun season playing for him. Mario, I, I want to, or Rio, sorry about that, wanted to ask you, you're a winner at all levels, and that's one of the things that Joe Golding is searching for in recruits. He, you've won at the high school level. You played in the state semifinals and the championship game. Uh, you made it to the NCAA tournament this past year. What kind of winning mentality can you bring to this team? Just, you know what I'm saying, just going and doing everything I have to do. When, like me, I do whatever it takes for for my team to win, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. If my team even go out there and run through a brick wall, that's what I'm going to do if we have to win. You know what I'm saying? He want me to be able to bring that until you tell You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be one of the few people in there, you know what I'm saying, that had an NCAA, champ, uh, NCAA win under that mm-hmm. belt. So, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm going to know what it takes for us to win a game or to get to that point. You know what I'm saying? So I can bring in what I know. And, uh, along with what you know, what he got going on, and, and we just going—it's going to be a good season. Now, here's be, yep. Here's the scouting report I heard about you, Rio. I heard that um, that first off, you are like an athletic freak, and you can just jump out of the building. That you've got a ridiculous vertical that's like forty inches plus, and when yeah, you I get up, a, it's just it, it's over. Yeah, I got a forty-inch vertical. Yeah, <laughs> so six, six foot. So you're six feet tall, with yeah. a with a forty inch vertical. Actually, you're listed as six one. What are you? Six feet or you six one? I'm. They say I'm like the doctor told me I'm six one and a half, but I really think I'm six foot without shoes. Okay, all right. So when you so what were you wearing? Like, Very honest. What were you wearing? Like pla- <laughs> were you wearing like a platform high tops when they measured you originally? What was going on there? Yeah, it was six one when they measured me originally with shoes, but when yeah. I took shoes off, I was measured six foot. Okay, even so. Somebody like yourself that gets up like that, I'm sure that when you get out in the open court, you will deliver some of the most spectacular dunks UTEP fans have seen in years. Yes, sir. I'm gonna try to pull off. I'm gonna try to pull off something nice. <laughs> I'm gonna try to pull off something nice because you know the weight, the weight had your legs gone. It's all right. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> You'll be fine. Nah, I'm- I'm gonna no, I'm gonna try to pull off something. I ain't really had like no really spectacular dunk last year. You know, it's just being basic one hands and two hands. You know, what I'm saying it's just a two point. <laughs> now, because you averaged nineteen, almost nineteen a game at uh, John A. Logan College after Missouri, we know the scoring ability is there, and you shot the ball really well too that season. Forty five percent, thirty five from downtown, sixty seven from the line. Uh, the first question that every minor fan is going to ask, especially those that watch Joe Golding's teams, how's your defense? Uh, I play deep. Any coach that any coach that know me like. That know me and watch me play, they know I play D. Like Coach James was told me, like that's one of the main reasons he bought me here because he know, like he know I can really sit down and play defense. Like I take pride in my, I take pride in defense. I take pride in people scoring on me. I take pride in all that. Everything I take pride in all that. Like my defense is my biggest thing. Like I feel like if I want to play at the next level, that's what it's gonna be. Cause you know you are gonna have a role everywhere you go. So I feel like if I want to play at the next level, like my defense going to be what get me to that point. That's great because that's the first thing you think about with with, uh, with Joe's teams or defense. And then knowing there's so many departures in the backcourt. I mean, you think about it. Jamal Biennemi, gone. Sule Boom, gone. Um, Christian Agnew, gone. 
Um, Jarrell Satterfield, gone. With those guys out, you're going to have an opportunity to come in and uh, you know compete for a starting role right off the bat and have a chance to try to lead this team at the point guard spot. Thanks. We we gonna be good. We gonna find. I feel like coach coach know what he doing. He gonna find all the right pieces we need. You know, what I'm saying he gonna he gonna get us to where we need to be. Do you see yourself as a, a leader on the court? Are you the kind of guy that you want the team to feed off you? Yeah, like me. Like I'm not really big like on talking leader. Like I'm like big on really like leading by example. Like I don't really talk that much. You know what I'm saying? Like for me to be able to lead by like vocal, but like I know that's what coach don't. When they really want me to do lead vocally, but like I do a better job lead by example. I don't know. You're talking well in this interview. I think you'll be just fine <laughs> on the basketball court. To be honest with you, Rio. Yeah, I just feel like I do a better job leading by example. You know okay. what I'm saying? I feel like I take I take people under my wing. Good. You know what I'm saying? I could coach them and teach them. The, you know what I'm saying? And teach them the right things that they need to know. As of now, since this is going to be your fourth stop since high school. If you had to tell me what is the part of your game that you feel still needs the most work, what would you say that is? Um, I feel like I say really like knocking down my jump shot consistently. I say knocking down my jump shot consistently. Um, I do a good job finding open teammates. You know, what I'm saying? I do I do a good job putting everybody um, putting everybody before me. You know, what I'm saying getting them shots off before I get my shots off. You know, what I'm saying I do a great great job at that. But like I feel like. It's just majority like knocking down my jump shots consistently. How big you feet? Yep. How big do you feed off the crowd when they get into it? Oh yeah, when the crowd into it, I'm I'm into it. But I'm into it the whole game. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't like the crowd can. It's just a boost. But I'm I'm in, I'm into it off the rip. As soon as the jump ball go up, I'm into it. Like it ain't no friends, no no none of that, no laughs, no smiles, none of that. I'm all business. Have you had the opportunity to get to? Uh, I don't know if you knew any of the uh, minors that are coming back. There's only three of them, so you've got Jamal, you've got uh, Jamar Sibley, you also have uh, Zarek Onyema, and you've got Kevin Kalu. Have you got a chance to get to see those guys at all since uh, since you talked about UTEP? No, the only person I've seen, um, the only player I've seen like from UTEP was Boom. That's the only person I really talked to about, you know, about about UTEP. That's like the only person I really talked to about UTEP was Boom. What Sule? What Sule tell you about UTEP? He was just basically saying like he said, coach is a coach is probably one of the best one of the best people that you're gonna meet. You know what I'm saying? He's just telling me like like if I if I just go in there and do what I gotta do, he said he gonna he gonna take care of you, no trouble off the court. Go in there and just play your game. He's like when we played them last year, he's like he could see like I really wasn't trying to score, and I was like. You know what I'm saying? Like, looking over my shoulder much, like, because how Coach was coaching us. But, like, he just told me, like, go in there and play your game. You know, Coach ain't going to – you ain't going to be looking over your shoulder like that. Coach going to take care of you. And just make sure you just take care of yourself off the court. Now, you've spent the last uh, year in Crucis ever since, uh, you know, you left the Missouri area. What have you enjoyed most about the Southwest so far? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. You've been living in Cruces now since you joined New Mexico State, and really it's your first trip to the Southwest. What have you enjoyed the most about this part of the country so far? The weather. <laughs> the weather. Like, first the weather, you know what I'm saying? The, the atmosphere is crazy. You know what I'm saying? They they love basketball. 
atmosphere is crazy. The weather, you can't get no better than this. How about the food, Rio? Uh, I ain't really been to, I only been to one pool. I ain't really been to the pools. No, 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 not the pool. The uh, the food. Oh, the, the food. Oh, uh, the food. I thought you said the pool. Uh, I eat fast food. <laughs> All right, what are your, give me I, I this. What's, really, what's your go-to fast food restaurants? What's your top three? Uh, Chick-fil-A off the rip. <laughs> Chick-fil-A off the rip. <laughs> have you had uh, have you had have you had uh, Whataburger? Yeah, I, I I eat Whataburger, but like I don't really eat it like that. But like if I have to like go to like a food to go get some food, and I'm hungry. I'm going to Chick Fil A. All right. Uh, when you go home to the McKinney house and you're with your family, <laughs> and they say, "All right, Rio, we're gonna make you your favorite meal, the meal you gotta have when you get back home." What's that? Uh, fish, catfish, spaghetti, and garlic bread. <laughs> That's a combination I like. Catfish, <laughs> spaghetti, and garlic bread. What about for dessert? What do you wash it all down with? I say some ice cream. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, you can't go wrong with the ice cookies and cream ice cream. No, you can't. That's one of my personal <laughs> favorites. I love cookies and cream. I'm with you on that one. You can't go wrong with the cookies and cream. All right. Let's wrap it up with this. Um, what's your message to all minor fans that are listening to this interview right now? How do you, you want to uh-huh. tell them? Um, my message to all the minor fans is, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do whatever it takes for us to win. You know what I'm saying? I got y'all back. I just want y'all, you know what I'm saying, to have my back. That's all. And I got y'all for sure. Rio's got your in. back, Minor Nation. Now you got to have his back, and we're good to go. And just like that. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to so- come do whatever it takes for us to win. I just, want, I just want y'all to support and be there for the team. Not just, you know what I'm saying, not just me. I want I want the whole team involved in everything. Everything that go on is team. As soon as the team. as soon as the summer comes on, plan on stopping here at the radio station and we'll have you joining us for a while. We'll take phone calls and have some fun with you. What do you say? Yes, yes, sir. All right. That sounds like a plan. That's definitely a plan. All right. I bet it's on. I am telling you right now, he's Rio Mario McKinney Jr. He joins us here on the show. Great job, Rio. Enjoyed the conversation and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you here real soon, okay? Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Miners fans. Appreciate you. Number four. Can't wait to get him in a minor jersey. We can take a picture of that. That's coming up, too. All right. We'll take a break. Fours across the board. Charlie Clark still to come. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Excited about having Charlie Clark with us on to begin our 5 o'clock hour. That is right around the corner. Folks, when you hear the story about this movie, you are going to be more excited than you've been in a while. I promise you that. First, though, let me take a phone call. Conrad's joining us next. Uh, Conrad, thanks for waiting. What's going on today? Hey, Steve. Hey, uh, first of all, I got a new Android phone. Um, How do I sound? More clear, more crisp? No, it sounds horrible. Uh, You should take that phone, throw it in the garbage, and go get your iPhone and bring it back. (laughs) All right. Second of all, uh, I need to get reservations to that guy you were talking to before to his house, man. That sounded like a great meal. Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, you need need catfish, spaghetti, and garlic bread at the McKinney House in St. Louis, Missouri. That's what you need to do. We're going to duplicate that in El Paso. We need some minor fan that can cook him that kind of meal and make him feel like he's right at home. So he's gonna. He's a new minor player. He is. He was a former New Mexico yeah. State uh, guard who's transferring from the Aggies over to the minors for next season. Awesome. Good luck to him. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I was calling in, wanted to give the Cowboys the report card for their off season. Uh, F. I would say um, 
you know, when you got Stephen Jones saying stuff like, you don't win the Super Bowl in the offseason. I mean, these guys, I, I think the Cowboys' new model should be put fans in the stands because that's all they do, you know. I mean, they're they're great at marketing. They're great, you know, uh, at making money. But, man, their team sucks. I mean, this and, – and, and I saw the schedule for next year, and it, it is brutal. Brutal, Steve. I mean, we're talking about the Buccaneers. We're talking about the Packers. We're talking about the Titans. We're talking about the Rams. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't know as far as the dates, I don't know what's going on as far as that. I need to check that. But I'll tell you what, if they, if, if they have three of those four teams in the beginning of the season, Mike McCarthy's done in, in game seven. He's going to get fired, you know, and, and, that, and that's it. And, 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 the, and the Jones guys, they can say whatever they want. Man. I mean, they're, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous, you know, 27 years and, 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 and people can't be critical of the team. You know, so you hate. Okay, so listen, as a cowboy diehard, you're you're mad, you're upset, terrible offseason. Give him an F. You're ready to see McCarthy get fired. Do you want to see Sean Payton as new Cowboys coach? You know that'd be all right, but you know what? If Sean Payton's coming coming back, he needs to tell Jerry Jones, "Hey, you guys need to step away. I don't want anything to do with you guys. I've got full control. I'm you know I'm I'm the general manager. I'm the coach." everything and give him a chance for that. You but know you I mean? know, you know as well as I do that as long as Jerry Jones is breathing, that's never going to happen. Yeah. 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 And I'll tell you, and, and let me ask you this, uh, you know, before, before, before we go, um, you know, Debo Samuel, we're hearing about trade rumors of that. My friend says that Debo Samuel is just a, a product of the Shanahan system. I think it'd be a great pickup for the Cowboys. What do you think about that? I think Debo Samuel will be a great pickup for anybody. I don't care which team it is. You get a guy that's been such an offensive focal point like that. Everybody knows he's getting the ball. It doesn't matter. He still produces. So whether it's the Jets, the Cowboys, the Packers, or any team, the Lions, they all want Debo Samuel. So listen, good luck. Maybe that'll turn your F into a C-plus if they can land uh, Debo. Good luck. Appreciate it, Conrad. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Charlie Clark right around the corner to begin hour number two. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Hour number two of Sports Talk as we continue. I did just let uh, Charlie uh, Clark start humming El Paso from Marty Robbins. You look like you're getting into it. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, we appreciate you being here today. I'm Absolutely. happy uh, that you dropped by the studio, especially with uh, the movie coming out. So first off, thanks for being patient with us and appreciate you uh, being a part of the thanks show. Thanks for today. having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Fun meeting you for the first time. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I-, I didn't know about Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone until about six hours ago. Now, <laughs> I-, I can't wait. I haven't been this excited about a movie in a while. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a labor of love and uh, it's, it's finally, uh, it's here. You know, it's time. So everybody knows about your day job. Uh, yes. Especially here in El Paso with yes. Charlie Clark Nissan. How did this side project and really the movie idea, the script, how this whole thing come into play? Well, I grew up watching shows on Mexican TV when I stayed at my Mexican nanny's <coughs> home, um, like Chapolin Corolado, Chava del Ocho, uh, El Santo, like Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. So watching those shows, sort of like making fun of, uh, obviously making fun of the the superhero genre, and when I later started my own business, I went out on my own, and, you know, I didn't have any money to spend on advertising. I was having to come up with uh, ways to sort of get my best bang for the buck and do do something so unconventional, I just wanted to sort of, you know... <laughs> 
just surprised the heck out of people. Mm-hmm. So um, I came up with the uh, the concept of since my dealership was Charlie Clark Nissan, I said, how about I create an alter ego that's making fun of being a gringo superhero, <laughs> sort of like the anti-hero. He never quite gets it right. I like that. So I'm making fun of ba- basically gringo heroism. Yeah. First off, where'd you grow up as a kid? McAllen, McAllen, okay. Texas. So, so on the on the border as well, uh, but. Uh, yeah, and so I had a, a Mexican nanny. I had half my lifetime I spent in sort of my Anglo household, gringo household, and then the other half, uh, when my parents traveled a lot, I was yeah. able to stay in the, my Mexican nanny's home. Now, did she live in Mexico, or did she live in Miguel? No, she, had, she came from Montemorelos, uh, Mexico, to live uh, in, in McAllen, and then she had been with my family for like four generations. Oh, wow. Okay, so she is family. That's the best, that's the best ab- way to Absolutely. Put it. Yeah. Yes. So That's, I take care of her now. She just turned 99. Wow. And so she took care of me, and now I got to vol- volver la copa, as like they say in Spanish. Uh, you know, I got to return the favor now. That's phen- that's phenomenal. So yeah. so the Green Ghost is something that you've had in your head for a while. Well, I, cr- I produced, I didn't finish what I'm telling you, yeah. I produced 30 shows back in the day. And okay. they, I, I, I produced them because I found out that I could buy a, a slot for 30 minutes on Mexican television across the border air it back over here so my population my people from the valley my family in the valley could see it on cable and on regular you know on the on the tv uh, and it was aired from mexico so northern mexico was seeing it in south texas and in the Rio Grande valley so i i I produced 30 shows uh, called green ghost and mexican and my actual mexican nanny was in the show and had her magic powers and you know, it was a, it was a, a lot more, uh, it was a lot campier sure. uh, and lower production value, obviously, than what it eventually moved into. But we, we uh, in 2005, we came out um, in the Wall Street Journal on the front page of the marketplace section. It said, Gringo and Nanny Court Hispanic Market with Car Pitch. So then that got some attention from Hollywood. And then we got some phone calls and said, hey, we want to talk about doing po- possibly a series or a movie. Uh, or talk about buying your story, if nothing else. So um, they're interested, intrigued by the story. We were the sort of the first to reach out to the Latino community and cater to them. And so that was the story. And the buying power of the, the in the Wall Street Journal, the buying power of the Latino community in the U.S. and how nobody has sort of picked up on that. And that was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's shifted. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the, the those shows, in essence, helped – create this article that came out in the Wall Street Journal. And then I, I went through a, a, pro, a period of trying to find the right producer. I finally landed on uh, the brother of Robert Rodriguez. So the <clears throat> big time producer director out of Austin who did, uh, you know, Machete mm-hmm. and Dust Till Dawn and all that. So his brother is a producer on my film. And then he attracted, uh, called up uh, the son of Edward James Olmos. And so Michael Olmos, his son uh, was the director. And that gave me some credibility to sort of start attracting some, some real talent in the show business, thank goodness, because it started off like I was just going to make it a low-budget deal and yeah. just get it out of my system. But it just it got, it gained momentum. And it actually, we, we got, when we got Danny Trejo on board, I was like, wow. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, so he was wonderful to work with. Um, we had um, 
a guy Kuno Becker. He, Kuno Becker, he's a big actor in Mexico. Renee Victor and Renee, uh, she came out in Love on Netflix. She came out in uh, Snowpiercer and a bunch of credits. But she's from San Antonio, and uh, she's bien mexicana. And um, she, what's interesting was though, because in my slogan, you know, in my advertising, we have Nana Pau Pau. I don't know if you've heard that or not. Yep. So if you don't do what you promise, Charlie Nana Pau Pau. Well. Renee played, uh, she was the voice of the grandmother in Coco. So one of the most successful movies <laughs> in animation history. Oh, yeah. Uh, she played the, uh, the, the grandmother there, the chancla lady. So interesting parallel. And, and, she, it, and she's La Nana, right, in the movie? In the movie, yeah. And so I dedicate, the movie is dedicated to my Nana. Uh-huh. And in a broader sense, dedicated to my Mexican-American and Mexican family who've, who've basically supported me in my business. Um, all my, my team members, uh, we've got 600 team members uh, in my organization. And, uh, you know, uh, w- with deep roots in, in the Latino community. Does it blow your mind how big the, the whole car dealership has turned into for you in so many uh, different cities and, and, and what it's grown in all over, these, all these last three decades? Uh, unbelievable, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, I decided to get out on my own, and I was supposed to be in a family business and because of family politics, and I had a stepmother who wanted it for her kids, and I said, you know, I don't want to fight about this, Dad. You know, let's, let's – I'll, I'll go see if I can get my own deal. And I had a great banker, thank God, First National Bank, David Rogers. And he, he uh, said, well, get out there and find yourself a deal. It's not going to be easy. We don't come back without a damn stout partner and a contract between you and a will and seller. So that, that's sort of how that went down. And I beat down every door until I found somebody willing to sell. And I found this little Nissan deal. And it turned out to be perfect. That was my first place in Harlingen, Texas. So Harlingen is where, and by the way, Harlingen is not far at all from, from McAllen, McAllen, Laredo, right. that whole area in so South Texas. So then Nissan gave me, later on, we were pro- performing very well out of Harlingen. We remodeled and, you know, sort of built it up. Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, give me Brownsville. Oh, no, no, no. It's too close. You're going you're gonna to kill. We're, one or the other is going to die off. I said, we're going to do double. Yeah. We're going to do double, I promise you. Sure enough, we did double. And then we've been doing very well. And then after that, they said, wow, okay. Well, how about we put you in another uh, market where we think you'll do well, where there's a heavy, you know, uh, Mexican-American presence. How about El Paso? I said, I'll go. Let's go. So they did a sort of a selection process. It mm-hmm. was an open point, and we were lucky enough to get selected. Incredible. So how many different cities now for you? Well, right now, <clears throat> we're in McAllen, Mission. With We have pre-owned facilities in those with service as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, new car facilities in Harlingen, uh, Brownsville, and then we have other used car uh, outlets around the area. And then uh, we just opened up in Laredo. So Charlie Clark Hyundai of Laredo. Okay. And um, it's already doing extremely well. We're just starting a $5 million remodel. Hello. <laughs> we need this movie to kill, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Please, <laughs> Tommy Chance, I need your help. So we're, we're, uh, uh, so we're starting that. And then, uh, of course, we're here in El Paso. And yeah. we just opened up, we're opening up our new Infinity 
uh, dealership, a brand new building. Okay, I mean we remodeled it completely to to f- accommodate uh, Infinity. So it's Charlie Clark Infinity of El Paso, right next to my uh, Nissan dealership. Very nice. You now you can have a second uh, dealership yeah. in El Paso. Which yeah, is and it, be it's great. Nissan's. You know, sure, some people the- don't know this, but I mean Infinity is the upscale version of Nissan, produced by the Nissan company. Excellent. Now I want to get back to the uh, thirty shows you mentioned a while back. Yes. Are those available for people to see? I knew you were going to say that. We're going to be working on. That I know we've been having some questions. Uh, people have been asking. You can find some clips. Uh, there's one complete show on YouTube. Uh, it's Green Ghost and the I think Green Ghost and Mexican, the Lost Stone. Uh, that's that's on YouTube. You can watch that one. That was sort of okay. like the last show that we did uh, before we went on the road to do doing the movie. But we are gonna put something together where you can get all the shows after we release the movie. We'll probably do something like that. Good. And did you star in those shows mm-hmm. just like you're doing in the movie? Yes. Okay. Now, in the movie, we did some scenes in Spanish because, of course, that's my, my brand is I speak fluent Spanish. So mm-hmm. that that's what I'm proud of. And I was able to showcase it somewhat in the movie, but okay. they insisted on me doing mainly English for distribution purposes. And I was like... But, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, all those former shows were done completely in Spanish. And then The Lost Stone has a little bit of English and Spanish, too, kind of like the movie. That's, so. that's awesome. All right. Um, so now we know how this whole thing went down from the beginning and what really happened. Uh, it's, it, to me, the whole thing is fascinating. By the way, when you had the, the, the 30 show run, was that over a couple seasons, a couple years? Oh, yeah. No, I kept running the 30 shows over and over again. Syndication. In stations. Well, go. I ran it in different stations right. locally. It never got out to be syndicated, but I did reach – it made it down into Mon- Monterrey, Mexico, for example, northern Mexico, south Texas. So it, it's been hovering there, and, and uh, people have been enjoying it for, for – you know, it hasn't been playing for quite a few years now. Right. But. Was it as well received in in Mexico as it was in the states? Yes, okay. yes. We had a lot of people that would would come over uh, from across the other from the other side. Oh yeah, this that green ghost, you know. So they loved it. They really, really did. Got right. a great response. And interesting, uh, interestingly, the action sequences that we put together in this film. You're not going to believe some of the people we got behind that. I want to talk about that when we yeah, come back. The fighting. Ooh. And I want to talk about special effects and yes, everything else because yes, I'm, I'm yes. impressed with this. The, the trailer was like, wow, <laughs> this, is, this is a legit film we're talking <laughs> about here. Thank All right. You. So, more with Charlie Clark. We'll talk about uh, the uh, movie that comes out a week from tonight. That's right. Yes, week April 29th. Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone. We'll do that right after uh, Charlie One, uh, who's back with this traffic update. Charlie, how are we doing here at uh, Quarter Past? Welcome back, everybody, as we continue here with uh, Charlie Clark uh, on Sports Talk. The movie again, Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone. It comes out on April the 29th. You can go online, greenghostmovie.com. Let me get that to you again, greenghostmovie.com. You can watch not just the trailer, but also <laughs> um, learn about the movie. You can win a Nissan. That is yes, also three very Nissan cool. Nissan Leafs. Three, awesome. in, in honor of Earth Day, today's Go Green. The Green Ghost says Go Green. I mean Green Ghost. <laughs> so... Yeah, the, the Nissan Leaf is 100% electric. We're, we're raffling off three of them. We've got tons of people who have already registered to win, and people from all over Texas can win. Awesome. Love that promotion a lot. And that's also, if you go to the website at greenghostmovie.com. Um, did this movie get filmed before or after COVID? Before. 
so but we were trying to get it finished up and during uh the that time that downtime was harder to you know because i was also between countries i had i had moved the movie from here down to chile for post-production so the special effects mm -hmm. and and re-editing and stuff like that so we we did a massive amount of work on it and then adding the special effects uh, you know, I really wanted to push the limits of this movie, even though it's it's an independent film, filmed here in Texas, filmed in South Texas, and filmed in a ranch outside Lockhart. But I, it looked big. You know, like you said, when you saw the trailer, you saw the 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 cinematography was really good, and the the lens we used was a super expensive lens, like a couple hundred thousand dollar lens, and it, the lighting guy was really good. So we we got a lot of really good footage that made it look big, and I said. Uh, can I? This is looking good for the cinema, for the theater. You know, not just go to video on demand. Forget that. Let's let's push this thing to see if we can't get it in the theater. So I knew that I needed to get some good music. For example, I got 8 a.m. from Fits and Tantrums. I got uh, Gasolina, dame más gasolina. You know, I got uh, Eye of the Tiger. Nice Survivor. From Rocky, but I had it redone by Robert Rodriguez's band. In Spanish. Oh, that's really cool. So the only time, and it's not going to be played outside the movie. So if you want to hear Eye of the Tiger in Spanish, it's only in our film. That's awesome. So yeah. the soundtrack had to be a lot of fun for you trying to pick this, the, the music for the film. Well, yes. I mean, but at first I was like, guys, we need some big songs. You know, we can't mm -hmm. just go small. We got to get as big as we can. And trust me, getting music rights, that's what held up a lot of stuff was waiting for the paperwork. And then we were just this little independent film, you know, so it was like. Come on, guys, please. It just took forever to get it, you know. But we ended up getting it, so the music really made a difference. Um, the action sequences, wow. You're not going to believe who. So if you saw in, in the trailer, there, I don't know if uh, you saw one with Andy Chang mm -hmm. in it. But Andy Chang, uh, he was the Chinese, one of my Chinese, the Chinese master in my movie. But he was the action director for uh, and the fight coordinator for Shang-Chi. Really? Yeah. He did all wow. the fight choreography for Shang-Chi. Amazing. And so to have him on board was a real privilege. I mean, he was a big time. He was Jackie Chan's stunt double for 20 years. And so all the stuff Jackie didn't do, he did. He's doing, that's right. That's how crazy this guy is. And he brought his own wires. I didn't have budget for wires. He's like, don't worry. I brought my own wires. No problem. <laughs> flying around the room so it, he did a wonderful job he helped us choreograph some of the fights too yeah so we had uh, bobby lashley kane velasquez in there i mean we got some real fighters and when they went at it they went at it it wasn't you know they really <laughs> i don't know how to tell you it's almost seemed like they were really fighting i'm impressed you got bobby lashley away from his wwe schedule to do this well i i was too and it was because we had a stunt man in in there that was named arnold chong He's the guy who kicked me through the windshield in the trailer. Uh, he uh, he said, oh, no, I'm a UFC trainer. I trained a lot of these pros. I got access to Bobby Lashley. You want Bobby Lashley, too? I got access to him. I got access. To I said, yes, of course. So, you know, it was just a real blessing. This the, the, These blessings that kept sort of floating our way, just these cosmic connections and it, it, we were very fortunate. It yeah. sounds like it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's for sure. Um in terms of editing the finished product, are you the type of uh, you know, perfectionist to where, as you're putting this thing together, it's so difficult to get that last cut yes. because you want to just put something yes, else yes, in? Yes, huh? absolutely. And I got to tell you, that's that's me. 
And uh, you, <laughs> anybody who's worked with me on this will tell you, oh, God, that is you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, the way, the reason, the, the, my rationale is until I was represented, um, I didn't think I had a real product. For example, if I didn't have an agent that wanted to represent me, like, for example, we have WME, Willa Morris Endeavors. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they, they finally said, they looked at it a few years back and they're like, hmm. It's close, but it needs, and he still needs work. I said, you know what? I agree. I'm going to get back to work on it. So I obsessively worked on it until they finally said, hmm, now you got something. Okay. Yeah. So then they repped me and, you know, thank goodness. And, um, and I did some studies. I had it screened over in LA. I wanted to get people's opinion, you know, figure out what they liked, what they didn't like. So I was cutting around that too. So yeah, we, we pushed, pushed, pushed the limits to make this thing as good as it could be. Squeezed all the juice out. Charlie, how long from when you started filming to, uh, to now? How long are we talking about? How many years? A, a good while. Okay. I mean, a good while. I mean, it, I, cons- I mean, I wanted to start the movie I, back in two, 2012. You know, a few years later, we get going on it, you know, but uh, it's, it's taken a good while to get that thing going. Man, so this is, so for you, this is not just so much a, a sense of pride that the movie's getting released, but really accomplishment knowing how long the process really has up until now. Absolutely. It okay. was heavy. It, it, was, it was heavy lifting, and um, I just didn't want to give up. It's kind of like when I started in business as a businessman, I didn't want to give up until I'm not, you know, I reached for the stars for as, as big a stars as I could attract to this movie. And we ended up in a damn good position. We got some wonderful people involved or actors, you know, we got some wonderful fighters involved. So we reached for the stars there and we, and we, we, we went, we, we got some good results, yeah. you know, and uh, we did the same with the music and then with the special effects, like, no guys keep pushing on these special, f- I'm not quite there. You know, so, yeah, I was kind of a perfectionist in that regard. Sounds like it. Adrian, I know you've been listening for the last half hour. You've got Todd, lots of questions. Why don't you fire the first one over there yeah, at Charlie? Yeah, uh, um, Charlie, just to, to background, I've been doing some film reviews on this show because I have not watched any kind of classic film. So after hearing this whole conversation, I'm just curious, just a, a short list of some of your favorite movies, uh, just, you know, any kind of genre that you that are the kind of in your top three or top five. Well, I can tell you... Um, it man was one of my favorites that, that I, so that's why I actually went and trained with the choreographer from the movie it man. And I trained a month with him in England from the it man movie, uh, to get me ready for my own film. So I could do most of my fight scenes. Okay. Um, I loved, um, you know, if you're talking as the action and the comedy, it would be Kung Fu hustle, Chinese film from Stephen Chow. Um, that movie really inspired me because uh, I was like, that was exactly what I was going for. Sort of like the Chinese barrio and I, mine was the Mexican barrio. And, you know, it was very similar in nature, uh, had, had that kind of a feel. Um, I, I, I like so many types of movies. I mean, I, gl- I grew up on, you know, Peter Sellers. I've seen the Pink Panther Strikes Again probably 200 times. Does your dug that? You know, um, I, um, gosh, um, a lot of the old Bond movies I loved. Um, some of the new ones, not as much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a student of all, all sorts of film. Like I saw Vivarium recently and that was crazy. I loved it. Did you see Vivarium? No, I haven't. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> it's a trip. 
That one will rock Jesse your brain. Eisenberg, huh? Yes, that will rock your brain. Are you a big comedy fan? You like comedies? Oh yeah. I mean, Ron Burgundy, of course. I did a few commercials as Ron Burgundy. Uh, um, he's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he cracks me up. Um, I saw that recently. I, I really love the the Wrong Missy. That was on Netflix. I don't know if you saw that with David Spade. I haven't seen that one yet. No. Oh, check it out. I will. Recent one, too. Very we have Netflix. Good. We, will, we will add that Very to the list. Very good. The Wrong right. Missy. The Wrong Missy. You got um, it. Gosh, what's some other ones that I love? Oh, give me some ideas. I'm, 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 my head got stuck. Hang Are on. you a big fan of Adam Sandler movies? I liked, and as far as Adam Sandler's concerned, I liked his... Uh, um, the golf one. Oh yes, um, you talk about Happy Gilmore. Happy, Happy Gilmore was cute. All right, um, I love the one with the football one uh, where he uh, the water boy. The water boy. Okay, so yeah, it's some sports movies. We're going, yeah, now we're see, going yeah, into we're the going sports, sports movies. Yeah, I so, like that. Yeah, right. I, I really like those. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm the cook, the wife, the thief, and her lover. That's a crazy English movie that will totally rip your brain apart too. So that's another one that's a, a, a shocking, shocking drama. Okay. So I like, I'm a student of film. Uh, some of the, 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 the film that comes out of Korea, uh, uh, the man from, I think the man from nowhere. Uh, I saw the devil. It's crazy movies, but I, I love watching the difference between typical Hollywood stuff and independent film yeah. and stuff from other countries and the quality and the storylines and just the shots, the angles, the lighting, all of it. It's fascinating. We're going to wrap things up with a Charlie Clark when we come back. Bottom of the hour, let's go to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. Uh, continuing right now with uh, Charlie Clark uh, from Charlie Clark Nissan. You got the movie coming up on the 29th, a week from today. Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone. You want to check out more, go online, greenghostmovie.com. That is greenghostmovie.com. Is this the kind of film that uh, will be fun for the whole family? Yes, absolutely for the whole family. Um, uh, even Nana, uh, the, the lady, Renee Victor, who, who plays my Nana in the, in the film, has a fight scene herself. So you've got, uh, you've got uh, mature superheroes in there that are more and you've got some younger as well so it, it really is uh it's pg-13 but it's for the whole family is this potentially the first of what could be a series of sequels made down the road you know um, i'm gonna i'm gonna be open to that um whether it's um a sequel or a series you know to me there's a lot of potential because it can go in the direction let's say i want to do a series an animated series which would be easy to to, uh, to, to make it a bilingual version over here in the States and then do a Spanish version over there or an English version over here. You know, that, that's a, a, an interesting concept, too, I've, I sort of thought about. I don't know if I want to go through, yeah. <laughs> through it again, but um, maybe. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I want to see how people like it, and we'll take it from there. You're a car salesman by trade. That's what you've made your career on as a professional. What was the biggest challenge going into acting as you're doing your first film? Now, you've done the 30 shows already for television. Right, but without any formal training. Right. That was the difference. And, the, you know, I, my instincts were pretty good on my own shows because I noticed that when I, I didn't have any training in acting, and when I tried to go by the script, I came across, you know, very robotic. So I said, guys, just 
tell me where we're going in the scene and let me go ahead and improv my own stuff. So that's why my acting was okay in my in my own shows because I was improving. You kind of yeah, you, you're not thinking to you're you're just talking. I'm talking through this what's happening in the scene with my own words, not trying to memorize. You know, so the the biggest challenge to work as a as a as an actor uh, was really taking it seriously, and then that's when I went over and you know worked with Aaron Spicer, uh, Aaron, Will Smith's acting coach, uh, one of his one of his first that helped him a lot in a lot of his movies, and then also um, <clears throat> he worked with Gerard Butler and Virginia Madsen as well amongst many 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 others, so I had him, uh, Aaron Spicer. Uh, on set with me so that the other actors knew to take me seriously that I'm not messing around this is a this was a big time guy you know and uh, so there's like well who's this car dealer and why would we act alongside with him when he's done these piddly shows and so um, that that's how I I did it I showed them that I was committed I and I did train my my tush off um in in the for the action sequences and i did train very hard uh, in the acting side of it as well so that they knew um that i wasn't playing around i wasn't just trying to be some guy you know some car dealer making a movie no this was ultimately wonderful branding but i want it to stand on its own legs as a film as well is there a love story in this film um, the love story is uh, between for my nana. It's sort of like a love letter to my actual Mexican nanny, you could say. Okay. Um, it's inspired by her. It's dedicated to her, and you'll see when you see the movie where, where that leads to. You're gonna, it's, it's pretty interesting. So that that's the main love story there, and and uh, so it's a it's represented uh, it's representing the, the real life uh, love that I have for her. That you know, since so she's taken care of me since I was born. I love it. Um, Adrian, I'll give you, uh, as we wrap things up, uh, one, one, more, uh, one more for Charlie. If you could do this movie over again, would you have anything different that you'd do that, that, uh, that didn't happen in this one, uh, but maybe could happen in another series or, or another movie? Yes. Um, first of all, I would have had a real pro, a professional writer, a gifted writer. I'm a good... I feel like I'm a good, I'm a creative guy. I can tell stories. I'll come up with all these cool stories. But there's a lot that goes into writing a script. You have to set up rules of the universe that you're creating for the actor to live within. There's these these rules of engagement, so to speak. And uh, character arcs and uh, act one, two, and three. There's just, and you know, Quentin Tarantino threw that on its ear. I love his movies, by the way. By putting act four at fact one and mixing it all up instead of having to do this traditional way of filmmaking. But yeah, I would have gone back and really focused in on that. I would have made sure that um, that I was filming for certain. If I was going to use special effects, for example, you have to really prepare the the scene for reactions that would have to do with fantastical hits. So if I hit you and you go flying through the wall, that makes sense because you're going to add those effects later. And we had made the mistake of uh, a lot of times of not doing that. And I had to manipulate around that. (laughs) Um, You know, I would have, there's just, just lots of details that I would do differently. I mean, the contracts with the actors, all of it just, uh, it's sort of like a little bit of everything that could go wrong did go wrong. But uh, after we got through it, we got the final product out there. And thank God it turned out okay, I think. 
I want to mention also that uh, here in El Paso, this movie will be shown at the AMC El Paso 16. That's 9840 Gateway Boulevard uh, here in El Paso. So that's the AMC El Paso 16 and also at uh, Alamo Drafthouse. Yes. uh, East El Paso next uh, Friday the 29th, 730. So that's uh, Alamo Drafthouse at uh, 12351 Pelicano Drive. For those that are interested in, in checking that out. Absolutely. Last question for you. Yes. Um, when people go and watch this movie, what do you think is going to be their biggest takeaway? What are you most excited about for those fa- for those people that are going to go and check this out? Well, I would hope that uh, the biggest takeaway is that if you work hard enough and you really, I mean, you're going to get, not- I was knocked down so many times in, in business and in, in this process of this film, could have easily written it off a few years ago <laughs> and uh, decided to keep pushing until... It was done properly until we had a, 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 a you know, a, a very, very good product that we could present to the public. But it was really hard to get there. So I would say that sort of taking stride when life knocks you down, you know, you just you just keep getting back up. You might have the bloody nose, but you keep getting back up and you keep getting back up. And it, it's hard. It really is. But the takeaway is keep pushing and, and your dreams can come true with the right support system and the right teamwork which I had a great team around me that's making this happen. It wasn't, it wasn't me. So anyway, and, and also take away that this is about family that, you know, it's about a family that, that wasn't necessarily my own family, which is my Nana and, and my, my Mexican family, my extended Mexican family that I feel like I'm adopted into. Personals for you, a lot of lot of lot of uh, yes. personal personal uh, stuff in there. Absolutely. absolutely, in my real life, yeah. Green Ghost and the Masters of the Stone, folks. Again, online greenghostmovie.com. Charlie, it's a pleasure having Thank you. Thank you so much. Here. I really enjoyed it. You got it. He's Charlie Clark, folks. As we continue, forty-one past wrap-up hour number two. Right after this, ten in front of six. As we continue here on Sports Talk. Um, Esteban wanted to know. He asked a, a question on Twitter during the interview. Um, why he chose Nissan as his brand? It's a good question. Apparently, according to Charlie, uh, we asked him after the interview. He said that was at the time when he was looking to get into the business by buying a dealership. That was the best offer at the time, best opportunity. He took it, and uh, the rest is history, I guess. Just like that. Nine in front of six. Our thanks to Charlie Clark for joining us here on the program. Uh, coming up, the Jock Doc at six. Tim Haggerty with Story Time. Hey, we're going to be uh, live from the NFL Draft next Thursday and Friday. So uh, this show, week from uh, today, will originate from Caesars out there in Las Vegas. Super excited about it. In fact, uh, I I feel like we're getting closer and closer to the big one, and uh, that is what it's all about, Adrian, just uh, having a chance to uh, deliver this show from the draft and uh, just going to be a lot of fun uh, with everything we've got in store for people. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to this. All the guests that we can get, all the great uh, sponsors who joined us for this event. We'll have a lot of coverage heading up to the draft tomorrow. I mean, excuse me, next week. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. This this NFL draft is exciting. A lot of teams with multiple picks in the first round, and we'll be there for two days. So should be a lot of fun. Man, I just, uh, I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. And Tell you what, folks, uh, again, it's all about people making this show possible for us, and uh, that's what we love uh, more than anything else. In fact, 
when you look at the list of sponsors uh, for this one, it's a long list. It really is. Starts with the Window Depot. They are our presenting sponsor for the NFL Draft live from Las Vegas. But uh, let me say this. Tons and tons of people jumped into it and uh, supported us uh, for everything that we're going to be doing, including our newest sponsor, CNM Body Works. Nice. Jumped on board today. Love that. Love the fact that Roto-Rooter just jumped on board uh, not too long ago. Palo Verde Homes, they were saying yes. Taco Avocado, got to have them on board. Not to mention Clean Water of El Paso, 915 Tours. Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Cisco Movers, and Longhorn Distributing. That is a good list, a solid list, Adrian, of all of our uh, clients uh, making this show possible for us, and we appreciate each and every one of their support. Yeah, seriously, without them, this trip wouldn't have been possible, so really thank you to all our great sponsors out there. And uh, yeah, this is this is one of those things where you want to be involved in something like the NFL Draft, because all the football fans, for, for many of them, uh, this is kind of their start to the season. This is uh, Everybody has a lot of hope around this time of year, and uh, you know maybe if you're a New York Giants fan who uh, where, where you found out the news today they're looking to trade Kadarius Tony. maybe uh, more draft news could be happening within the next couple weeks in terms of uh, trade in the next week in terms of trades that could be happening or uh, draft uh, picks that could be they could be acquiring a lot of storylines heading into next week the more I hear about Debo Samuel the more I think he's getting dealt I don't think San Fran's gonna keep him I think they're gonna move him I feel like uh, guys like A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, they never went public with wanting a trade. Like, they're working on a deal. Debo Samuel flat out said he requested a trade, and he told this to ESPN. He didn't tell us uh, like he was, uh, you know, messaging this through the San Francisco 49ers organization. Yeah, this is, uh, I think it's trending toward a possible trade right here for Debo. And the Giants uh, looking to trade uh, Tony, uh, who was their first-round pick just last year. That's a shocker, too. That is a huge shocker. How can you evaluate somebody, be so high on somebody, even trade up for Kadarius Tony like the Giants did, and then they are looking to trade him after his first season? I, I mean, that, that's uh, red flags all around. Giants just being the Giants, right? Yeah, most definitely. We got a lot uh, more still to come. Stay with us. Final hour next, right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Ask a Doctor with the Jock Talk. Super excited about having our next guest. By the way, Adrian, you're going to have to give me permission to record this and uh, let me know when you do. Okay, now I've got it. Thank you very much. So as we do uh, here on this program, we get a chance to talk to Dr. Sergio Alvarado from the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine uh, and uh, throw different uh, topics at uh, Dr. Alvarado. First off, welcome back. I like your background. I feel like I'm talking to you from uh, Southwest University Park. Nicely done. Right. Yeah, they did. a. I think these guys did a fabulous job. So uh, we like it. And the, the patients seem to like it. That's good. I haven't spoken to you uh, in a couple of weeks. How have things been going for you, Doc? Good. It's been it's been busy. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the athletes are wrapping up the, the school year. And uh, of course, we always have our, our, our other patients that are have the their aches and pains from the from all these uh, from, I guess, just, you know, being uh, 65 or older. Well, uh, you know, that's that's exactly right. I mean, let's be honest. I, and, and I'm curious about this. How many of the people that you see that are over 65 don't really have a lot of pain? Are there are there some individuals that are so blessed where, you know, their 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 bodies uh, aren't really breaking down and they're, they're still in great physical shape, uh, even into their mid to late 60s? 
yeah you know every once in a while like what you know that and and it's there's there's a i guess the 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 fountain of youth for for all those is it's always exercise and and uh of course avoiding like they they usually come with the same background they, they've never smoked never never really drank their their bmi is, is under 30 and and then they they do exercise i i one of my my oldest patients you know she's 90 98 and and uh the first time i saw her she was she was 95 and she was showing me all her yoga poses on the on the floor there at the clinic and i'm like stop please you know and and uh very strong lady you know and she's very very sharp and and uh i have another one that that uh she she came for an ankle sprain and and uh she you look at her and she she looks you know probably uh late 50s uh mm-hmm. she's 74 and she she wow. dances uh 5 hours on saturday 5 hours on sunday that's terrific so, yeah um, meanwhile, folks, uh, for those of you that are tuning into this for the first time and have not had a chance to hear Dr. Sergio Alvarado on Sports Talk before, he is El Paso board certified in medicine with an added qualification in sports medicine. Now, they've recently expanded their location at 2267 Treywood Suite G2, and parents, summer is right around the corner. After all, it's getting into the 90s now. The Desert Institute of Sports Medicine will be offering summer specials for sports physicals for just $25. All you have to do is call us up an appointment, 915-256-9751. Now, Doc, I wanted to bring up the uh, topic of steroids today because even though we've seen a lot of professional sports crack down on steroids and human growth hormones, I think that there's still some people wondering about the impact it can have on the body, especially for athletes that are as young as their teenage years, uh, and and all the way up to obviously college and professional athletes. That's that's right, Steve. I, I think some people still are are under the, the false misconception here that that uh, they can get the the I guess that what they are thinking is their their gains without without a heavy price. And of course, we're talking about anabolic steroids and and not and not corticosteroids. Corticosteroids is. Are, are the usual like anti-inflammatories we we use in the in the office for for um, arthritis you know osteoarthritis rheumatoid arthritis uh, but but yeah the topic is that what you're talking about here and what we're talking about is anabolic steroids the, the kind that that uh, we use for for muscle enhancement and and they do come with a, with a heavy price you know I, I, was, I was talking to Adrian earlier and we were talking about um, every 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 I would say every two months, I, I get somebody that's that's using them, and of course, it they they kind of go around the the the, the topic, but um, and eventually they they come clean and they're like, hey, yeah, doc, I'm using steroids. I just want you know, and I kind of already know that uh, one of the 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 side effects is is uh, increased blood pressure, and so you have this young twenty year old with with blood pre- high blood pressure, and you're you're like, geez, like this is pretty high, you know. Um, acne and, and usually, you know, acne, like, you know, of course, you know, with hormones, it it could be at any age. And, and then, uh, this, uh, unbalance of, of, uh, of, of, um, labs, you know, that, that you normally not see in a a healthy 20 year old. So yeah, it it comes with a price, you know, and, and I think people still are under the misconception that, Hey, I use it for just a little bit and, and I can, uh, gain muscle, um, without paying the price. 
It's a shame because you're right. There are more bad than good, but sometimes the people get sick and a doctor puts them on a Z-Pack and a steroid just to feel better. That's different than uh, some of the steroids that people use, especially also things like uh, that, that will replace testosterone loss and things like that as well. Right. And so that, that's, I think uh, sometimes too, the, the, it's important that like uh, our listeners are, are, are know the difference that, that we're talking about anabolic steroids and, and, you know, yeah, you get sick or, or you get, uh, you're, you're, you have pain. And, and at that point you're getting corticosteroids, which is a whole different beast. And, and uh, while those also have their, their side effects, um, they, they, uh, they do have the the benefit of of helping the the inflammatory inflammatory process, like uh, shutting it down and bringing it down. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, over the last fifteen or twenty years, as professional sports has cracked down on steroids, you're starting to see less and less use around uh, you know athletes uh, here in let's say El Paso and and other uh, other cities around the country? Fortunately, no. You know, I I I think. People are, are are going are diving, you know, like uh, um, deeper into, you know, uh, denial and, and really just hiding. You know, uh, I, I remember in, in high school, like uh, um, two friends of mine that were wrestlers that that uh, were really actually very competitive, you know, at the state level. Uh, I remember they were, they were approached by somebody, you know, at their at their gym, you know, about using steroids. And uh, I mean, this is obviously a long time ago, you know. Uh, and and I'll, I'm I'm thinking, you know, like, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, are those days gone? And and you know, they're not. You know, I'm still seeing, like I said, that, that uh, some of the young young, um, you know, and, and I have different. We you know, I've, I've, we approach schools, you know, and we we talk about it in, in some of the sports where where you see it more, you, the powerlifting, um, or even even in in in. Uh, football players that, that were, you know, we were talking about linemen where they, they want the size and they want the power at the same time. Um, they're still use and, and, uh, uh, maybe not as much, I guess I would say it's still kind of about the same, uh, unfortunately. And, and as you go up the, the, the ranks and, and, uh, the collegiate level, um, I think the, com- the competitiveness, uh, and get having that competitive edge is, is more important. And, and, and uh, I think it happens more, and 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 that's why they they need to crack down on this. You know, I mean, we look yeah. at what happened in the Olympics. You know, just recently. Is it also possible, Doc, where athletes could get the same type of results physically from weightlifting, proper diet, and using supplements that are uh, perfectly legal? And beneficial to the body without those harmful side effects, like you could get with with steroids. Well, that and that's that's the hard part because it, it will take more work. Um, but sometimes, you know what, uh, you you're not gonna you're you're not gonna get that that uh, you're unfortunately like you know that you won't get the 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 gains as fast. And and I think that's that's probably the why you know at at the end of the day you know we're um, this is a, a shortcut and, and with, with any shortcut, you know, medically, like there's always, there's always a downside. And, and, uh, I think they, that, that, uh, they could do, they, they will still have some gains, but possibly not as, not as, as much, you know, on, on the, on the muscle building, 
and that's that's the problem you know and, and so the thing is then you 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 start talking about hey like um what 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 are you using it for are you using it just for for show or are you using it to com- get a competitive edge and i guess that's that's where i think it gets tricky because um in the, the spirit of, of fairness then then you've got an unfair advantage I always think about Herschel Walker, who never lifted a weight in his life, never took steroids. He just had a very simple regimen of thousands of push-ups, thousands of sit-ups every day. It still does them. And, you know, you looked at him physically. He looked like a guy that was an incredible physical specimen. Muscles everywhere. And yet it was all from just doing push-ups and sit-ups. Yeah, and, and the thing is too, like I mean, the genetics, you know, like there there's some people that that are just going to be stronger. I mean, that you know those those same two friends I was telling you about in high school that they 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 you know they they were high school uh, athletes and and uh, they they were pretty pretty fit for their age, you know. I get it. If you had to give advice, though, to youngsters right now, especially those that are playing high school sports and with dreams of going to college, especially as their coaches are telling them to hit the weight room, get bigger, you know, and gain muscle mass, what's the best advice that you give all the young athletes out there, Doc? Well, I say, you know what, keep the conversation open, too. You know, like, uh, of course, you know, um, some of them might not have a pediatrician, but uh, they, they also, uh, the, the great thing about El Paso is there's, there's we like the the majority of the schools have great trainers and they're a great resource and, and exactly what you said you know there's no shortcuts and don't use the shortcuts work out harder like use the summer um and you might be a little bit bigger but use use the summer to kind of catch up and and you're gonna have to work harder you know like at, at the end of it but it'll pay off because in the end that that's that you're you don't risk any 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 false any any bad outcomes physically or even just getting in trouble with with the legalities and if you're going to go on to the collegiate level, you know. How early do you recommend uh, youngsters start with weights and weight training? Is there a certain age where you usually tell people, hey, don't even try starting with weights until you get to a certain age? Yeah, usually like uh, at the high school level is is kind of where where I say, hey, you know, you start having the changes and, and of course, you're you're having these growth spurts. the, the main thing I, I emphasize too with, with, with this age group is I tell them, look, uh, get with somebody that knows how to, how, how to lift weights. And, you know, um, because in the end, that, that's where you see a lot of the injuries too, people overdoing it and having, they, they load up the, the plates and their, their form is horrible. And then you have these, these uh, injuries that, that resulted from just bad, bad, uh, bad form. And the truth is also that as important as weight training is and and uh, getting larger and gaining muscle mass, diet is a huge part of it uh, when you're really talking about uh, trying to have, uh, you know, uh, get the most out of your physical uh, body when it comes to sports. That's right. And so, I mean, the thing is, too, uh, you got your three macronutrients, you got your proteins, your fats, and, and, and your sugars. And, of course, you know, the big the – big, uh, with any diet, like you're, you're, all you're doing is you're kind of switching the the percentage that you're, you're, you're taking. But, uh, that's why I, I tell them, look, if you're going to increase your protein, make sure you're, you're, you're involving your, your, uh, pediatrician, your, your primary care. So they're, they're keeping an eye on your kidney function and they're telling you, Hey, uh, this is how much you should be taking. And you probably shouldn't be taking more than that. Um, and then also try to, trying to get some, some, uh, lean protein also, like not just, 
a lot of times, you know, like when we think of protein, we, we're just thinking of, of, of uh, hey, eat a, an extra chicken breast or uh, take a double portion of a, of a steak, but you can have leaner, leaner uh, protein as well. Um, you know, vegans, a lot of times, like they, people think like, oh, these guys aren't going to get big and, and uh, they, they find their way because they find the alternatives with, with uh, their protein, you know, getting their protein from, from beans and, and from, from uh, um, even, even uh, sources like, like uh, hummus, you know? Mm-hmm. Doc, we talked the uh, bad side of uh, steroids, but can you give us a little breakdown of the good side of the steroids, like the, the positive ones that you all offer and what benefits they could offer? Yes. And so we, we talked about, you know, the, 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 the corticosteroids and, um, you know, patients with arthritis, what's, what's lacking is, is, uh, the cushion between the joints. And so it's either diminished or gone. And you've got, you know, two types of, of arthritis, osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. And that leads to a lot of inflammation and pain. And so these are the people that come and they're like saying, Hey, my knee hurts, my shoulder hurts my hands hurt. And, uh, sometimes it's just wear and tear, you know, like a a mechanic, uh, a construction worker, and they can benefit in in the sense that they get pain relief and, and, uh, can do their, their daily activities. It's not, uh, it's also about, uh, quality of life and, and pain is not, not a good quality of life. And so, uh, helping them with their pain, um, and by bringing down the inflammation is pretty much what, what they do. Um, so yeah, I mean the thing is, who who would be a candidate? Somebody that's having uh, joint pain and it's not it's not going away. You know, um, um, you've you've tried you know just resting and it's not going away. Um, it's getting worse. You know, uh, it's time to look into it and see what what's going on. I've always been told cortisone shots can reduce inflammation when you have it. Is cortisone a type of steroid? Yes. So cortisone is is a corticosteroid as well, and. Um, um, we, we kind of, uh, you know, I guess sometimes to the docs, they, they just say, Hey, I'm going to give you a cortisone shot, but cortisone is, is, uh, we, we don't use it as much. We use, a it's big brother, um, triamcinolone and we, we use dexamethasone. Um, they're both corticosteroids, all, all three are corticosteroids. I'm sorry. And, uh, we use those more because they, they last a little bit longer. Uh, but yes, the thing is, uh, we use it for, for, you know, joint pain and say, Hey, hey you know what? I'm my, sh- my shoulders hurting. Um, I want to, I want to get some relief. Um, but there could be some, some, some da- a downside to it. And, um, the downside is, uh, um, you are injecting it into the, the joint itself, but some of it, uh, can leak out and cause your blood sugar to go up. And of course that's not good in diabetics. Long-term, it, it can start kind of affecting the tendon, and then that's not good in, in, in younger folks, younger athletes. And um, it, it can, uh, I mean, just like any, you know, joint uh, injection, uh, sometimes it, it doesn't work. You know, the, the, the arthritis is, is far gone, and it becomes a surgical issue. Dr. Sergio Alvarado, folks, is El Paso board certified in medicine with an added qualification in sports medicine. Uh, now, the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine recently expanded their location at 2267 Treywood Suite G2. And parents, summer is right around the corner. The Desert Institute of Sports Medicine will be offering summer specials for sports physicals for just $25. You can call to set up uh, an appointment, 915-256-9751. 
Well, Doc, once again, we have flown by on another uh, week of Ask the Jock Doc. And, uh, hey, we appreciate the time and look forward to doing it again with you real soon. Thank you, guys. Here on Sports Talk, thanks again to Dr. Setio Alvarado. Don't forget, we've got a lot more coming up here in our final hour of the show. Story time with Hags. Excited about that. Adrian, um, here's a question I know our listeners are going to want to know. Gut feeling yes or no? Will we be on the air on Monday talking about new UTEP basketball signees? Can you make that singular? Can you make it signee? No. Okay, then. Uh, okay, uh, let's, yeah, that's fine. Signees could be one, could be multiple. Yes, I'm going to say yes. Gut react or gut check, yes. You think someone is going to commit over the weekend, whether it's tonight, yes. tomorrow, or Sunday? They ha- the dominoes have to fall at some Why? point. Why? Because they've been... <laughs> Why do they have to fall? Well, they've been re- hosting these recruits left and right. I mean, you'd think that they'd want to get some commits uh, here and the Unless they have some elaborate plan to roll out all the commits, like uh, like in a signing day kind of thing or a fashion. Um, as we've heard from uh, Rio, the, you know, UTEP, when they're trying to unveil these different signings, they want to they want to make a splash, whether it's, uh, you know, fire up the fan bases or uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, when it comes to commits. Well, Rio committed without even, like, taking an official visit. I know. That was so interesting because uh, – and maybe it was an unofficial visit like he was talking about. He toured the campus, so that that would make sense right there. But also, um, I I think there's a cap as far as how many – people you can actually like fly and bring in all that kind of stuff so maybe since he's uh 30 minutes down the road uh, i think that's they, what it is maybe they went for an unofficial route that way and they just had sule host him and kind of uh, give him all the information he needs to know before he comes over here well actually that was a great nugget because it was it, it really it? it really shows you that sule despite entering the portal he's an ambassador of joe golding and yep. sule boom really wants to be you know on a uh, team that competes and plays for, in an NCAA tournament game. I think he saw what Bryson Williams did. And he, I agree. He really wants to take that route. But at the same point, he wants to encourage players to come to UTEP, which I think is awesome. Like, Sule Boom, who's probably going to be in our Lubingo Studios next week, uh, got to get that confirmed, uh, but we're working on that right now. Uh, he's somebody who really, really loves El Paso, wants to live here, like we've mentioned here on this show, and uh, he's a big, big fan of Joe Golding. I know he is. I know he is. But then again, he saw what happened with Bryson like everybody else did and that's a big deal I mean let's be honest you 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 see Bryson succeed you see Bryson I'm sure get financial gain as part of it and you're probably thinking look I love UTEP but it would be nice to have one year just like what Bryson got to do hey buckets are for sale and uh Sule Boom definitely wants to cash out on all the buckets he's he's been able to drill over his college career did you think we were going to get any more former Miners find landing spots just like we heard yesterday with Emmanuel White going to Western New Mexico yeah, today? Yeah, at least, at least uh, one or two, right? Because And, you know, the interesting one for me is Keontae Kennedy because he barely announced this week, you know, that he entered the portal. And now he's got a quick turnaround to try to find a, another destination. Like, the grad transfers, like, uh, you know, guys like, 
Titus Verhoeven, Sule Boom, they can really take their time on their decisions. I, I would think that those guys want to uh, come out with their decisions sooner rather than later so they know their next landing spot once the semester ends. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised, Steve. I, I also wonder if some of these guys will struggle, and, and this is sad, but but it's just the reality, struggle to find that next location or le- next landing spot. See, I don't think so because I think worst case you go down a level like Emmanuel White did. I think that's the worst case situation. And I don't think that's necessarily bad because no. Emmanuel White will get a chance to put out a lot of film. Who knows? Maybe a, another mid-major will take a chance on him once he's a senior and and he can use that last season of college eligibility elsewhere. He hasn't had a chance to get significant minutes. He'll get that at Western New Mexico. And if he plays well, you never know, especially if he gets a chance to be a graduate somewhere, he'll have a chance to shine. And coming to UTEP, Emmanuel White was somebody who scored um, you know, some good points at Coastal Bend College. He has experience at the junior college level, so I think he'll fit nicely at Western New Mexico and, and you know, be a pretty good player over there. I could see that. 505-6009, our telephone number here on Sports Talk. That's 505-6009 uh, as we continue uh, here on the program. So you're saying, yes, one of the, of the six will be official this weekend. Now, will that come during a visit, or will that be somebody who has already visited and will make it official this weekend? I'm I'm going with... Um, a third option. I think somebody visits, they go home, and maybe commit like on Sunday or Monday. I, I, th- I really think that could be the case right there. Mm. What do you think about this? No, that's true because we don't go on the air till 4 o'clock on Monday. So it's very possible. And I said by the time we go on the air on Monday, this means we might not have anybody tomorrow or Sunday, but maybe Monday by 4 we've got somebody that announces they're going to UTEP. Yeah, and no knock to some of these uh, college recruits or anything like that, but some of them don't aren't as active on Twitter. Twitter, so we might see an Instagram story. We might see a post on Instagram. We verbal might commits. See, yeah, we might see verbal commits, a post something, or even another outside source who has some kind of connection with these prospects just tweet out that they'll be joining the minors. I mean, I'm with you on this one. I I don't know if we're going to get more than one. I would either see one or zero by the time we get there on, on Monday afternoon. And by the way, the later this goes, obviously – the more concerned fans will get because they know the May 1st deadline and they're kind of thinking, all right, it's already the 20, uh, it'll be the 25th on Monday. So like, come on, guys, let's go, guys. Let's, let's, let's make this happen. Unless UTEP's just going to have one day where they announce all six. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, Steve, what would be the betting lines on all this right here? Like, what's the over-under for UTEP uh, signing some commits over the weekend? Ooh, that's tough. I think it's just a half. I think, I think it's just half. 50-50? Yeah. Okay. Well, or one and a half, maybe. Should we do a poll? Yeah, we should. We should do a poll. Twitter poll? I think that sounds like a great idea. Okay. Now, what do you want to do? Do you want to do um, how many um, how many new miners will be committing or will have signed by Monday's show? And then you do either, let's say, three, two, one, or zero? I think that's a great idea. Or three plus, two, one, and then zero. There you yes. go. I like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. you got to get the plus because if there's four, five, or six, you got you to put that in play. Yeah, dominoes could really fall over the weekend. Who knows? I like it. I like it. All right. Bottom of the hour. 30 to go here on Sports Talk. Sending it back right now one last time. Here he is, Adrian Bradas, with this Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. 915-505-6009, our telephone number as we continue here on the program. So, um, looking forward to the Twitter poll. I'm really excited to see what the votes are like. And let's close it 
Monday. Should we close now? When do we want to close? When should we close this? That's, That's a, a good question. Yeah. Um, should we close tonight, this like, tonight? Right? Eleven yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Let's do it and see who's right. Eleven o'clock. Okay, I'm good with that. All right. Cool. Or wanna, midnight. How about is, midnight? Yeah, this is firing off right now. Here we go. Okay, good. I like that. Thank you very much. Appreciate you doing that. It's good stuff. Story time with Hags coming up in a little more than 10 minutes from now. That's also going to be good stuff. And that's also something we're uh, pretty excited about here on the program. No doubt about it. Um, meanwhile, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's a lot more in store as we wind it up. I, I think there's going to be... Terrific NFL news next week on Draft Week. Uh, before we go to Vegas, I think there's going to be so many good stories. I'm super excited about the uh, the week coming up, and, and think we're going to have a ton of great uh, great storylines leading up to the draft. There are so many good ones, Steve. Uh, and also, you know, hey, we're going to be in Vegas. A lot of betting lines have already been popularized across social media and, uh, and across Las Vegas. I, I've been intrigued by some, like, you know, how many quarterbacks taken in the first round, how many wide receivers taken in the first round. Uh, same on the defensive side. It seems like a defense-heavy first round. And then when we're talking about that second day when we're out there in Vegas for the NFL draft, rounds two and three are very fascinating because you're going to get some more quarterbacks taken who weren't taken in the first round. The, the rest of the wide receivers will be eaten up. Uh, and then you're talking about the offensive tackles and the different uh, you know secondary uh, players that you might get in the second and third rounds. No, you're 100% right. 100% right. So, um, you know, it's uh, so many things that we're going to be talking about on the program and then can't wait. The NFL experience is going to be in Vegas at the draft. Yeah, there's they're always they always do like that draft party ahead, but you know it's going to be different that it, uh, now, now that it's in Vegas. Like they're going to have a huge huge party out there. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious because I I saw uh, post pandemic, I thought a lot of these prospects for the draft would be attending it in Las Vegas, but it's kind of a a split, Steve. I'm I'm curious by this. It's like a 50-50 split between guys who will actually be there in person yep. and then guys who won't, who will be like watching at home and and get the draft call from home. Hey, listen, COVID is still around in places around uh, you know other areas, including Vegas. So you know True. it's it's not exactly like it's dead. The COVID is still going around right now. People are still getting it. You you're hearing about Even that here. all the time. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so. no, uh, most definitely. I feel like also it also you know COVID and the way that they did the draft, it actually gave um, you know these players the option to be surrounded by their family members at home. Nowadays, we have the technology to bring in a big camera, yep. uh, you know, announce that that draft. Call I almost or like all it that. better. Yeah, you get to see the reactions. You get to see who's in the household. There's some funny like videos and, and you know things that we saw from these past couple drafts. So the poll is out. It's up right now, 600 ESPN El Paso. Vote, please. Uh, here it is. How many prospects will commit to UTEP? Uh... I got a little typo there, Steve. I got I to gotta redo this. Yeah, please. We, let's, we already have six votes. And we gotta re, you have to redo the whole poll. And remember, we'll, by, we'll make up. We'll make up from this. By Monday at 4, Adrian. By Monday at 4. When we go on the air. So that's the whole idea. Okay, got you. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. Because people people are voting. They saw our poll. They're voting, even though they don't even know what it means. I like that. People are confused. Me too. That's good stuff. So uh, we'll give you the chance, though. We want to know how many new players will sign with the Utah basketball team by the time we hit the air Monday at 4. You know what I should do? I should text 
Joe that question. Maybe he can answer it for us. He'll let us know That's how many new call. miners, how many new miners there will be by Monday at four o'clock. When we go on the radio. Yeah, let's hear it from the Golden Man himself. Mm-mm-mm. I like that too. That would be uh, that would be a good answer there. Thirty six now past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Um, I want to get back to the NBA before we go to t- to Hags in our final countdown and just ask you this question: since there are games going on right now and. Uh, weird to hear the news that the Heat and the Hawks are delayed due to a suspicious package that was what? found outside State Farm Arena. Oh, I had no clue this was happening. That's that's crazy stuff right there, Steve. So it's just at a standstill right now? Yes, hasn't started yet. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. It's going on. Oh, is it, it really? Yeah, the, the Hawks are up 37 oh. 31. Then maybe that's what, maybe they're saying that it's delayed. Let me find out what the story is here. Hang on, let me see. So um, they said. Maybe they paused it right now. Oh, it now. caused the NBA to delay the tip-off oh. by about 55 minutes. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It started at 545. It's supposed to tip off at 5. The package was found outside gate 2 of the arena, across from the CNN Center, according to the Hawks. Wow. So gates 1, 2, and 3 were temporarily closed by the Atlanta Police Department. Police, canine units, and arena security cleared the area, the, uh, area while the contents of the package were investigated. The contents of the package were found not to be explosive, and the package was safely removed by the Atlanta bomb squad, according to the Hawks. That's a bizarre story right there. Uh, I know that the uh, yeah, I know it was supposed to tip off at five o'clock. Now, now you understand why it tips off at five forty-five, and it's kind of a weird scheduling, knowing that the yeah. Bucks and the Bulls are playing here in just a little bit. Yeah, Bucks and Bulls uh, started now on ABC, so that's already on. And then you got ESPN tonight, Suns and Pelicans. So here are the questions. Every series is tied at one apiece, um, with the exception of the Heat Hawks series. Uh, Miami leads that two games to none. So the question is, who's going to take the lead in the Bucks Bulls series and the Suns Pelicans series? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm still going to stick with the favorites. I'm still going with Bucks and Suns over, like over the weekend. I think that those two teams will, uh, you know, get back on track. I think the Bulls. The problem with the Bulls right now is, uh, you know, who's going to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo? And when Giannis knows going into a game that Chris Middleton is out and that he has to take over, I expect an MVP caliber performance from Giannis tonight, knowing that they. They won't have Middleton for a while now. For the Suns, they've had success with that without their stars. Whether yep. it's Chris Paul out, Mikel Bridges out, or like we're seeing right now, Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. Yep. And uh, I, I still think they're going to find a way to win some games uh, here this weekend. I don't know. I mean, if you're if we're talking over uh, on Monday and the Pelicans are up three one, then yeah, mm. put the ban- push the panic button in a big way for the Suns' title chances. Bigger surprise: Pelicans go up three one or Bulls go up three one. That's a great question. I'll still stick with the Pelicans because Me too. Mid- midway point of the season, I thought it was all over. I thought they were going to go with a mass exodus. They were going to fi- fire David Griffin and uh, hit the reset button on a rebuild. A team with that's 10 games under five hundred should not be up three games to one in a playoff series. That just shows you when you uh, are aggressive at the trade deadline, sometimes it works out for you. Uh, usually it doesn't in the NBA like we've seen in years past, uh, but this time it really worked out for New Orleans. Final countdown, story time with Hags. It's coming up next right here at 600. ESPN El Paso.